1: Yesterday was a day that will live in history as a day our democracy was saved. There was no red wave. Americans as a whole rejected extremism. The coalition of pro-democracy, of decency, of compassion, of true freedom, of people who love this country rejected the so-called red wave of Trumpism and hate. While results are still coming in, the midterms were undoubtedly a repudiation of Donald Trump, of MAGA and extremism. The midterms were also a repudiation of media both sidism and of polls designed to push radical narratives instead of analyzing data and respecting an objective reality. Now, none of this would be possible without the tireless work of grassroots organizations, of women, of Gen Z and young Americans, of your work. And I am humbled if Midas Touch helped amplify those voices in any way, bringing much needed attention to those with those powerful voices, but without a microphone. And with not only the media being silent, but the media being complicit with false narratives and these destructive tropes. You are the heroes. And here is where we stand. With four states left to call, the Senate is in a dead heat, 48-48. I feel cautiously optimistic for Democrats' prospects there. And of course, there was a big win for John Fetterman over Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania with a Senate seat pickup there. The House is currently around 178 for democrats 199 for republicans 218 is needed for control it is still a toss-up and the mere fact that it is is incredible and there remains a path for the democrats there democrats also made major gains in state houses governor's races Ballot initiatives were passed across the country supporting women's reproductive rights. So we must ask, was this unexpected? Well, not if you listened to the Midas Touch Network and the guests we had on our programs, including political analyst Simon Rosenberg and Tom Bonier of Target Smart, who went through, get this, the actual data. <laughs> the early what a novel, a novel concept, concept data, ben, in ben, detail. Yeah, crazy. But like us, they were spoken down to and dismissed by the media. But they were looking at the data and objective reality versus manufactured narratives of doom and gloom of red wave hype of right-wing bluster and fascist braggadocia served in weaponized sound bites to try to discourage you to try to discourage the public and while we don't have the full results of the midterms yet And while there was no doubt some disappointing results last night, and there will be more, I can say confidently that pro-democracy won, pro-normal won, America won. This is the Midas Touch Network, and I could not be prouder to say those words today. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by my brothers, Brett and Jordy. How you doing? Doing great. Doing I thought great. that was
2: a really nice summary. I mean, I think we were all just about awake the entire night uh, going through the results. <laughs> I was waking up at numerous times to see if certain races were called. But what an absolutely historic night for Democrats, where Democrats literally defied gravity and i know not literally but it really in in terms of politics it is literally defying gravity here the accomplishments that we have had over these past 24 hours are so incredibly monumental and like ben i need to thank all the activists out there who made this possible everybody who sent text messages who phone banked everybody who tweeted who contacted their friends about these elections it's because of you that we are here where we are and i also want to thank all of you for sticking with us while we buck the trend of the corporate media and mm-hmm. try to deliver you the straight raw data and facts so that you actually knew what was going on i think if you are an avid listener of Midas Touch, of the Midas Touch podcast, of the Midas Touch videos. I'm sure you were also not as, I'm sure you were definitely not as surprised as many who were glued to other Mm -hmm. channels who were fed these doom and gloom narratives that Democrats had zero shot. We told you from the beginning, and we've been saying it for months, Democrats have a chance at both. It shouldn't be the case due to history, due to what everything has ever told us, But this Republican Party is an extremist party. And I think the American people are waking up and they are saying we are done with Trump. We are done with MAGA. We are done with this extremism. We are done with the lies and the gaslighting. Let's get back to governing again and be the United States of America. So historic. Thank you for all your role in this. Jordy, how are you feeling? Big night for you over there, Jay, in Pennsylvania. And I got to give you a huge shout out before I let you speak. And I got to congratulate you, Jordy, because you, from the very beginning- told us two things. You said, I know my state, Mm -hmm. and I know John Fetterman and Josh Shapiro are the candidates to win these races. Jordy said to us early on before anybody spoke about either of these candidates, he said, I'm from here. These guys are Pennsylvania they have that it factor. And Jordy, I didn't know much about, I mean, we'd had Fetterman on our serious show, but I didn't right. know so much about him, but I had to trust your analysis on, on both those things. And last night proved you're right. Pennsylvania, one of the biggest successes we are seeing for Democrats across the country. Congrats, buddy.
0: Thanks, man. I mean, yeah, it, it just goes to show what all these pollsters like to say. They know nothing what was it? What was that meme that used to go? With, you know nothing, john Snow. I mean, unless you live <laughs> in the dang state and you're on the ground and you're willing to talk to people, not just in your little bubble, but have real conversations and understand what's at the heart of what someone here cares about, you're not gonna know. And so when I saw these polls, like Mastroianni and Shapiro close at certain points, or 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 Oz with a heavy lead over Fetterman, especially early on, I'm like, none of this makes sense. I'm like, what, like? These people don't live here. They're not Pennsylvania. They're not Yinzers like me. There's no way. And so it was a great night for PA. I mean, just absolute superstar Josh Shapiro is, man. And uh, John Fetterman is just going to, he's going to rock the Senate. I couldn't be more happy for him. I just want to say one more thing is I was wondering why it took us so long to go live. But now I realized after Ben gave that beautiful dissertation to start the show that my man was just working heavy and hard on on how we're going to intro today's episode. So Ben, kudos to you on that one. Well,
2: let me also say, Jordy, I think one of the reasons why we're going live right now is here's one of the issues with the mainstream media and why they are so often wrong and why they got this wrong. It's because... In a 24-hour news cycle, they need to constantly be spreading. They need to constantly be filling up time. The entire time, they need to be filling up that vacuum of space. And so inevitably, you have a lot of people come on with really shitty takes. And what we don't want to do is we don't want to come on when we don't know anything and just start speaking to you and making analysis without any of the facts. We want to actually have the information. I know it's a novel concept. We want to have the information before we're able to talk to you about the information.
1: Brett, I agree. You stole the words right out of my mouth there. You know, when I give an expert take, when I do a legal analysis, right, it's because I've read all of the documents I followed the procedural history. I've studied the judge. I've studied the litigants. Then I can deliver my expert opinion. Before the election, when we brought on experts, we analyzed who out there was actually analyzing the data. And what was the data saying and who out there was pushing doom and gloom, false narratives. But I also wanted to test it out and look at the data and say, look, if the doom and gloom is actually what exists, I also want to be honest with the Midas Mighty that that is what is taking place. But that is not what the data was showing, which is why before the election We had on Brett to your point, not just people all over because we could fill a full day's 24 hour cycle Mm -hmm. by calling people on, and you know, I'm sure that could be a a whole business model, but this isn't a a running business model for a lot of people, Ben. Yeah, but (laughs) it's not for you, you just described CNN, I think, (laughs) because it's not for us though. Because yes, we call ourselves the Midas Touch Network, but this is the Midas Touch community, and there is a level of trust that the Midas, Mighty, and those watching place in us. And I take that so seriously every night before I go to sleep and whenever I wake up, it's the first thing on my mind. And that's why we had Simon Rosenberg and Tom Bonier on here repeatedly. And we didn't just do soundbite interviews with Mm -hmm. them where we were just like, all right, you have two minutes, go. No, we went through with them, broke down the data state by state, asked we 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 confronted them and we said well let's test your methodology here and why does your methodology work there and then we came to a conclusion that's like the scientific method that's how things are supposed to be done and the media was not doing their jobs there because it's just so easy to buy into hype and it's easy to just not care and just go through the motions and push a narrative. We will never do that here on the Midas Touch Network. Brett, and I hate to call you out on this, Uh but do we have the clip of Simon? (laughs) Do we have the clip from Fox where they were mocking Simon Rosenberg? Here's the thing, we got the
2: great Salty who uh, works with us producing this and Salty does have the clip. So why don't we play this clip of Fox mocking Simon Rosenberg, who you heard right here on the Midas Touch
3: podcast. More than half the polls conducted in October have been been conducted by Republican firms. And Mm -hmm. that means that basically we can't trust the data on real clear politics or 538 any longer because it's essentially uh, Republican propaganda.
0: Oh, Simon, come on. Joining us now to respond is the president and co-
2: Oh, Simon, come on, come on. And then the real clear politics guy uh, comes on and he goes, he thinks he knows it all. You know, I I, I mean, the fact is, Simon wasn't speculating. Simon right. wasn't just throwing darts at some dartboard. He was looking at the actual early return numbers like Tom Bonier from Target, uh, Target Early, uh, Target Smart. And he was seeing the overperformance of Democrats. And he said that Republicans are going to have to dig out of this hole in order to win. And across the nation, in most aspects, they were not able to do that. We also have Michael Cohen here. I'm excited to get Michael Cohen on the show with us shortly to go over analysis. So we're gonna talk about what these midterms mean For Donald Trump's future in terms of indictments, in terms of what comes next for Donald Trump's political hopes and dreams, and if they just fizzled right on out. But Ben, any other words um, before that? No,
1: before bringing Cohen in, Brett, if if you can, I know you have some of the data of what's actually taken place so far in the Senate, in the House, the governor's races. Um, Can you break that down for us a little bit, Brett, there?
2: Yeah, sure thing. Well, right now we have all eyes on three main states. We have Arizona, we have Georgia, and we have Nevada. We have Mark Kelly leading in Arizona about 51.4% to Blake Masters, 46.4%. I want to show you this chart right here because this chart that we have assembled, it compares Kelly's performance right now in 2022 to President Biden's performance in 2020, county by county. And what you'll notice if you are watching, Watching this on YouTube and I will read it for you if you are listening to this on audio, you'll notice that currently Mark Kelly is overperforming Joe Biden in just about every county and Blake Masters is underperforming the performance of Donald Trump in the red counties. So this is a good or a really good sign for Democrats here in Arizona, a really good sign for Mark Kelly. If this trend holds, Arizona should remain blue in the Senate, uh, we also have Raphael Warnock leading Herschel Walker just by a little bit. It's about 49.41% for Raphael Warnock to 48.52%. We could pretty much make a sure bet at this point, with 95% of the votes in, that this is likely to head into runoff territory. Georgia has a rule where a candidate needs to reach at least 50% of the vote in order to win election. That runoff will be held in December, if that is the case. Cortez Masto, the Democrat, uh, is down just a little bit um, in Nevada, 49.9% to 47.2%. But what they're saying is that this is possible for and I'll read you this tweet from John Ralston at Ralston Reports. He said, here's the math, folks. If there are 100,000 mail ballots left in Clark County, which would make sense based on turnout there, and the Dems win by a two to one margin they have so far, Cortez Masto could come back to win. More uphill for Sisolak, but he's not quite dead yet. Also, 16,000 mail in Washoe, So things are looking good there in Nevada. Yeah, and- I would say I'm pretty
1: optimistic. I, I, You know, I would say I'm pretty optimistic there. The Cortez Masto campaign seems confident. Those mail-in votes that they're still counting Mm -hmm. would seem to swing the way it needs to swing, at least for Cortez Masto, not necessarily for Sisolak, but we will see. And so that means if Arizona and Nevada go for Democrats, right, that would give us 50-50 again with the tiebreaker. And then so if we'd go to Georgia in a runoff, I think that would make people— probably more inclined to reject Walker in that situation as they have already because <laughs> think about the
2: com- think about the comedy behind- the tragedy the comedy I don't know what you want to call it that tragic, basically tragic comedy that basically all the Republicans hopes in the Senate are going to fall on the back of their candidate. Herschel Walker. That is where their hopes and dreams lie. But we'll if C may not on actually, the trajectory that 50, they're 50, going. If it's 50 50, they're not, yeah. If, if things go on the trajectory that they're going now, Democrats will have the Senate to buy the tiebreaker anyway, and that will just be for that extra seat. But as we've seen over these past few years, those extra seats are important for, uh, you know, getting through some of those uh, whatever you want to call them in the Democrats. <laughs> but those those senators who don't always uh, vote along the party line over there. But you how know, about this the song? House, Brett? House. I mean, Democrats overperformed in a massive, massive, massive way in the House. This is where Democrats defied gravity in a major way. I don't think anybody except for our analysis here saw this even being close. They notch crucial wins in several key districts. Abigail Spanberger in Virginia with a huge win. Gonzalez in Texas. Marcy Kaptur in Ohio defeated J.R. Majewski. Remember, Majewski, we've spoke about him on the show. He was the one who lied about his military service. He's the guy who was featured at all these Trump rallies and would have his same line where he would do his little stand up bit and he would go, I'm J.R. Majewski and my pronouns are ass kicker at Patriot and ass kicker. And then the crowd would kind of <laughs> stare awkwardly and I don't know what that means. But now there's one thing that we could call J.R. Majewski and that is loser. He lost his race in a big way. Huge, huge, huge win for. For the Democrats there and Democrats avoided a defeat in Rhode Island. This was a race that every single poll had wrong, which is a, a trend that we saw throughout the night with Democrat Seth Magaziner defeating Republican Alan Fung. We were thrilled to feature seth magaziner here on the midas touch podcast yeah, came on a few the pod. weeks ago to speak about the importance of this race we ran billboards in that district super proud to get the word out there about seth magaziner and that was a you know it's so whole- funny brett the, the yeah. whole
1: some of the narratives today by the mainstream media are like who's magaziner who is adam frisch who could end up going on to beat lauren bobert right who is Marie Glucin-Cam Perez? Who are these people? They've all been guests. Yeah, such a all point. of them. Like a- across the board, yeah. these Democrats who have won have been guests on the Midas Touch podcast. They've been featured here. And so the media's like, who are these people? They came out of nowhere. No. You have to accept an objective reality of what is actually yes. going on. And Brett, that was a great recap of, of the House, though. And I mentioned Adam Frisch right there. Um, you know, the New York Times just removed from leaning – Bo Burt to now a toss-up, which she could lose this, everybody. This is no
2: joke. And if you remember when we had Adam Frisch on the show, Adam Frisch said, you know, there are a lot of races out there with kind of those those Republican villains, so to speak, on the other side. Think Marjorie Taylor Greene, think Matt Gates. But he said, I'm telling you, my race is the one race that is actually realistic to flip. And that's why we encouraged all of you to support him here. And that's why we also ran billboards, in that district as well to support Adam Fresh against Lauren Boebert. That would be an absolutely humiliating defeat for Boebert—a humiliating defeat for Republicans. Um, I really hoping that that comes to fruition. Peltoa defeating Sarah Palin again. Sarah Palin, a, a perennial loser, losing twice now in just the span of a couple months. How fantastic is that? And Democrats are currently leading in two of the three key House races along the Texas border. There is a path, people. For that Democrats loop. to keep the House, it still exists. And even if Democrats do not keep the House, this is not the House Kevin McCarthy thought that he was going to be leading. This is Kim going McCarthy's to be a he's the worst he's a lunatic lunatic. he, he really is like a possessed lunatic and last night Kevin McCarthy gets on television and tries to give this you know he had this whole setup because he bought his own bs as well he had this whole setup you know taking back the house and he was ready to give this huge victory speech which ended up being about 10 seconds a 10 second statement which is one of the cringiest statements I've ever heard let's play that clip now let me tell you,
0: you're out late. But when you wake up tomorrow, we will be in the majority, and Nancy Pelosi will be in the minority. Yeah. What's that creepy, weird thing he's doing with creepy, his? Why is he? Clo- why does he close his eyes like that when he He's a creep. He's he's <laughs> a creep. Honestly, <laughs> he's just creepy. That's why. he's
2: very creepy, Kevin. Uh, he, he's creepy he's honestly, Kevin. Creepy, Kevin. He's drunk on his own power also, and he has thought for so long that he was definitely going to be speaker. And now he is facing the reality that that might not be possible. And even if that is possible, he's going to have to work with Democrats at this point because he is not going to have the full backing of this House. There's about to be a massive power vacuum in the Republican Party as they all eat each other alive. And I'm just going to say, Beware. Beware of the voices out there. The same voices who told you the Democrats were going to get crushed. The same voices who gave the worst predictions imaginable on these midterms are already going to begin giving their analysis as to what this means for 2024. And guess what? You don't have to listen to them. You, you don't. don't have to buy into their narrative. I've
1: already seen, Brett, I've already seen some of their <laughs> posts. This shows why polling was is so accurate. Y'all were so wrong. All yeah. of your polls, have you seen some of those headlines? We Yeah, got I right. saw a headline don't in the
2: Washington Post about how, how incredible the polls were this year, which runs contrary to, to anything we've seen. And, you know, just, just be careful of, you know, the voices who led you astray, this time, let's focus on the data, let's focus on what really matters, and let's continue to build this pro-normal, pro-democracy coalition of people who just want to see the country do better and don't want this MAGA extremism anymore. Just and say, oh, man, just,
0: just, just like Republicans do when they can't admit that they lost, they don't, they don't see the concede whatever, the media never turns around and says, hey, we got that one wrong. They double down in their weird fascistic tendencies, if you will. And you it's, noticed it's, Simon Rosenberg,
1: the only person, Jordy, who had him on was Joy Reed. <laughs> that was actually from Joy Reed, you know, and, and she has her pulse right on and her finger on the pulse as well. Um, and that's that's who had him on, other mm-hmm. than the Midas touch. And so major props to her uh, as well. Talking about though governor's races, Jordy. Josh Shapiro. Jordy lost to Josh Shapiro in a game of Gov. Um, which is like horse in a basketball game. For those, we're going to repost that at a
0: later time. But Josh Shapiro, Whoa, won. Wait, hold on. I, I also beat him in a game on one-on-one basketball. Can we not? Can we also mention that? Yes, I lost to him in the game. Of I don't want gun. to overshadow his victory, though. Fine, fine, <laughs> fine, fine. <laughs>
1: That's, yeah, no, if, if you haven't seen it, we'll,
2: we will rerun it, but you can look it up Josh versus Jordy on our YouTube. Uh, it's a great little basketball game. Jordy was with Josh Shapiro early on. Gretchen Whitmer, big Gretch, defeats Tudor Dixon, a big defeat for election denier. Tudor Dixon. Tony Evers wins in Wisconsin. Wes Moore with the victory in Maryland. Kathy Hochul defeating Lee Zeldin in New York. That was a race that the media hyped up as this one is going to be a nail-biter, folks. Lee Zeldin is going to eke this out. New Yorkers, they're concerned about crime, and this one is going to Zeldin. Kathy Hochul said, not today. Maura Healy wins in Massachusetts. Democratic governors in Minnesota, and we've said Michigan already, Wisconsin, New Mexico. Others projected to all hold their seats uh, on the loss side. Sarah Huckabee Sanders won our her race in Arkansas. So we're going to have to deal with Sarah Huckabee Sanders being in the news for a bit. Ron DeSantis defeats Charlie Crist. Florida is the one state that actually did see that red wave wash on shore for the most Mm -hmm. part. But there was some good news out of Florida in Congress with Maxwell Alejandro Frost becoming the first Gen Z member of Congress. I don't want to discount that. 25 years old, March for Our Lives activist, uh, one of the organizers of March for Our Lives. How incredible, incredible is that? And now we are currently still seeing Katie Hobbs ahead of Carrie Lake, another election denier. We are going to see where this race lands. That would be another huge win for the pro-democracy coalition here if we could pull that off and make Arizona blue in the governorship. And, you know, once again, Cary Lake, everybody was expecting a huge blowout for Cary Lake here. That's not
1: looking like the case. As of now, we will see what happens. And Brett, in terms of protecting abortion rights, Vermont voted to codify abortion rights into the state constitution. Michigan voters voted to protect the right of abortion in the state constitution. Kentucky voters rejected an amendment to the state constitution that would ban abortion. California voters voted to codify abortion rights into its state constitution. The Michigan State Senate flipped to Democrats for the first time since 1983, Control of the Pennsylvania House could flip from Republican to Democrat. Other state flips include the Minnesota Senate, which was a big pickup as well. So um, big updates to report there. But now I want to bring in Michael Cohen. I want to get Michael Cohen. I got to bring Cohen to get his take of the evening. Let's bring in Cohen. As we bring Cohen in, I also want to tell everybody to do this, though, as well, if you can. You see the importance of independent media right now. So if you can, go support the independent media you see here at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. We are not funded by any outside investors at all. This is 100% independent. So if you want to help grow this platform, we would so appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. There's lots of exclusive content. Content there you can only get on patreon.com but most importantly you see how important these platforms are in this day and age Michael Cohen brothers let's go you know how are you how are you feeling
3: sir I'm feeling pretty good um, as Matthew McConaughey would say is all right all right all right all right all right, (laughs) all right that's just that's just how I'm feeling you know it's funny because I've been saying this now for a while. And I joke on MSNBC, whether it's Joy Reid, whether it's Nicole Wallace or Ari Melber, and I say, says who? You all remember that famous meme when I was on with CNN, Brianna Keeler, and I said, says who in regard (laughs) to the polls? It turned out I was right then. And in fact, and I'm not looking to pat myself on the ass, but it happens to be true. (laughs) I was actually right again. Uh, I, in fact... I won a bet with a friend. You guys played GOV. I played um, win a slice of pizza, but it can't be good pizza. That's, the, that's what makes it fun because, I, you know, we're going to go for one of those 99-cent New York pizzas, so Love my it. friend's got to take me there. and it, he's got Pizza's it. bad, though. It's not that bad. By the man. way, I don't care how bad it's going to be for 99 cents. <laughs> the fact that he lost, and he lost in the thing with Zeldin. He was like, oh, it's Zeldin's going to beat Hochul. And I'm like, listen, the guy's a fucking freak all right? We can't have him in New York for a multitude of reasons. First and foremost, the first thing that this ass clown would do is he would pardon Trump. He, I mean, this guy is truly a loyalist, yet he doesn't know him. He's barely ever met him. And all of a sudden, he's become this crazy loyalist, like he thinks he's Kevin McCarthy. So I could not be happier because he could have Single-handedly wiped out all the great things that Tish James is doing in terms of holding the Trump um, company, the Trump organization, accountable. So I couldn't be happy about that. Then, then we have the great, you know, the great case in Colorado in the Third District with um, Lauren Boebert. What oh, yeah, would be better than thing. that? I saw you guys were talking about it. What would be better than than never to have to see that, as they say, you know that that face ever, ever again, (laughs) right? Ever again on television Uh, or inside the house of Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, these fanatics, they need need to be gone. And I will tell you, we do really, oh, because Ben and I talk about this all the time. The single most important group right now are the Gen Zs. It's really the young group. And thank goodness that they came out with the ferocity um, and in the terms of numbers that they did. Because thanks to them, things are looking pretty damn good for the Democrat right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they're going to hold the House or not, I certainly hope that they do. But this has been a really good, it was, it's been a good night for Democrats, a bad night for Trump. If I could actually read something interesting, a buddy of mine, very, very bright guy, he turns around and he wrote this to me first thing in the morning, and I think yeah. it's really worth saying because I think it um, it parrots what we've been saying, and I think it's just very true. Some might say last night was first a great day for the Democrats as they may have held the Senate and not lost by as badly in numbers as you know the House had feared. Number two, it's a great day for Republicans as the chances to have someone besides Trump run in 2024, increased dramatically. And I say it was a great day for America, as we may have excised Trump from national politics and can find a candidate from Democrats or Republicans that don't give us the choice of either Trump or Biden ever again. And I think so many people are actually feeling the same thing. And look, I happen to Think Biden's doing a very good job. Do I agree with everything that he says and all of his policies? No. Um, you know, as I always quote Ed Koch: If you agree with me five out of ten times, vote for me. If you agree with me twelve out of twelve times, you should see a psychiatrist. I absolutely agree that you know it's we need some fresh blood in there. Democrats need to get on the messaging board, and you guys at Midas, myself at Maya culpa we need to continue to push and push mm-hmm. not just the younger generation but everyone out there to join the movement and ensure that you know we keep
1: our democracy you know michael, it's funny michael uh, sorry bro you could ask the question
2: oh no i was just gonna say it's funny because i remember when we were on your show one of the questions that you asked me on the may a podcast was do you think gen z could save us and i said truthfully i I'm not 100% sure, I don't know. It depends where they land, you know? I said the right wing is courting them with all these forms and all these TPUSA events and all these, you know, with fireworks, they like WWE style, they're hosting all these events on college campuses and the Democrats don't do that. Um, Things seem to be leaning in the democratic direction there, but I think it will be yet to determine. And I think Gen Z showed that they were the antidote. They were the answer to what we needed throughout all of this. And I think it also speaks to a larger point
1: about- Brett, before you say that, Brett, do you remember we had Olivia Juliana- um, on our I show could, and we, we asked forget. her just that we said that turning point, usa they've got the fireworks and all of these shows. She goes, I don't care about the fireworks. I don't care about their performative BS. We've got the grassroots. We're on yeah. the ground. We're telling yeah. people to vote. That's what's more important than those fireworks. You know, and you know
2: what it reminds me of, though, I think it's a microcosm of the current Republican Party at large, where, you know, people like to say that Democrats live in their own liberal elite coastal bubble, you know, whatever they code words they want to use. They all want to say that Democrats live in their own bubble. But Republicans have built this firewall around themselves where they are pushing out basic reality from their lives and they think they're popular. They have a perception of their popularity that just doesn't jive with the facts. And it reminds me of like in high school, if you had a friend (laughs) with 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 a band. Who thought they were the shit because they had a band and they would get the same 20 people to come to their shows every time and the people would go crazy at all the shows and they go we're crushing it look at I'm like but the same people are showing up to every event. Don't you need to get out of your bubble here and expand your fan base here if you actually want to have success? Well, Brett, and I think that's emblematic of what
3: the Republicans did here. Yeah. So, Brett, the interesting thing is if you look to see with Trump's rallies, of course, they only take the photos where everybody is, you know, smushed into a very small space. But <laughs> yeah. one of the things that somebody had pointed out to me is when you start to see minorities, there's a series of about four or five uh, black uh, individuals who are you know in the you know in the main picture frame and it's the same people regardless of what state that you're in these are paid actors that are put there in order to show that Trump isn't the racist you know misogynistic man that we all know that he is and so they've actually hired people but i just find that i just find that to be funny can i just say something for a second cuz you know, there's. I, I love the comments that you get, and I love the fact that so many people are actually out there and supporting um, Midas. And I totally agree with you. You guys were more on target, certainly than Fox News. I can tell you that, and even more than so many of the pundits that are put on, you know, the cable stations, whether it's CNN or MSNBC. You know, we have really um, brought to the forefront. Legi- legitimacy in terms of better information, because we don't have to be part of that 24 seven news mm-hmm. cycle that needs to keep you um, glued to their station for advertisement. There was a guy who commented uh, on this and his Jeff L. I don't, obviously I don't know who he is, but Jeff L Turned around. I used to hate you, Mike Cohen. Uh, now, you know, now I have respect for you. I get this a lot. And one of the things that bothers me is I promise you, if Jeff L, you wanna comment back on this one, I would ask you whether or not you read my new book called Revenge. And I ask you that question because you used to hate me based upon misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. Because what I've done in Revenge, I have legitimately gone ahead and shown you a roadmap to how Trump and others when you weaponize the Justice Department, how you can actually destroy some someone, your critic, right? Using government as your, you know, as your enforcer. The story that you think you know about me, Jeff, you don't know. In fact, there was no tax evasion, there was no misrepresentation. The lies that I told Congress, which you may know, is the number of times I spoke to Trump about a failed real estate project. I said three. The real number was 10 and I include in the book a document, which is by Eric, I'm sorry, by Ivanka, by Don, by Jay Sekul, by a whole slew of lawyers and people telling me what was needed in order to do it. I never paid Karen McDougal. I did pay Stormy Daniels. The book is a layout for, and this applies to you guys, you know, the Midas brothers, your Donald is no fan of yours because you are critics. And if, you think or if any of your listeners, you know, think that what happened to me will be an isolated event, it will not be if someone like Trump or a Trump 2.0, like around DeSantis ends up coming into power. It's a very important book to read and to understand. And I'm telling you, democracy was on the line. We've now at least escaped the full and final destruction of democracy, but we are not out of the woods yet.
1: I agreed, you and mentioned- I recommend. Michael, you mentioned Letitia James earlier uh, in this interview. She also won her re-election, which was uh, targeted by MAGA extremists. And they were also confident they were going to try to remove her from office, but she's not removed from office, which is a good thing for justice as well. So what do you make, though, now of the various prosecutions of Donald Trump? Do you think that the results From last night and coming in today, this repudiation of Trump will impact it. And do you think that these Republicans will come to his defense as they had before? Or do you think things have changed a little bit right now?
3: Yeah, I think a lot of things have changed for Trump. And I've been, you know, I've maintained the same position all along that Donald will not run in 2024. I don't give a shit about how he's playing the media. This is what he's good at. In fact, it's the only thing that the guy is good at. What's going to happen is Ron DeSantis is going to run no matter what. Liz Cheney Mm -hmm. is going to run. Donald doesn't want to have the primary because he knows, especially based on the numbers of last night, that he can't even beat DeSantis in terms of numbers For a primary, the numbers in Florida already demonstrate that DeSantis in Florida is more popular than Donald. In fact, they did a nationwide poll of just Republicans who stated it's like 70% of Republicans don't want the guy involved in the party anymore. So the bullshit about Eric Trump, who is the dumbest of all three kids, turning and saying (laughs) there is no more Republican Party. It's the party of Trump. Listen. They're they're such narcissistic sociopaths that they believe their own bullshit. And it's not true. Ron DeSantis, if he ran against Trump today, would take him apart. I believe Liz Cheney would win as well. People, even his own party, they don't want him. Now, you still have your fringe lunatics, the maggots, as we call them, that for some unknown reason are still supporting him. So that's one of the reasons that, you know, he's, now enticing them so that they send more money to his PAC, which 90% of it is technically his as a personal slush fund. So he doesn't want to give that up and have to put all the funds into a presidential campaign. But on top of that, more importantly, because you guys used the word before, loser. He cannot, with his fragile ego, Diaper Donald cannot stand to be considered a two-time loser despite the fact he is already, but he is, and he would be a two-time loser. Now, as far as Tish James, I think that is by far the most important case that's out there, because financially it's going to take apart the Trump organization. But I've asked a multitude of criminal defense attorneys, friends of mine, I understand that the attorney general can bring this claim, I'm sorry, the district attorney can now bring this case. against the Trump Organization, for which is criminal in nature, in tandem with the Attorney General, Tish James. But will Alvin Bragg go further? Will he then use the information obtained by Alan Weisselberg, the CFO, at that criminal case of the Trump Organization to bring Donald in personally? And I don't see how that doesn't happen. Moreover, what did Tish James also do? So this is very multi-pronged. Tish James also referred the Trump case to the Southern District of New York, as well as to the IRS, as well as to the feds for a tax evasion. And you guys know, because you've heard me say it a million times, let's just go with the low hanging fruit, the Al Capone theory. You don't have to get the guy on shooting someone on Fifth Avenue on murder, extortion, racketeering or whatever other illegalities existed with Al Capone. Just get him for tax evasion. And I know the documents that the D.A. has. I know the documents that I gave to Tish James as well. And they have them. And guys like Mark Pomerantz, guys like um, Carrie Dunn from the D.A.'s office. They knew they had him too, which is why they were so angry at Alvin Bragg and they resigned in protest.
1: Michael, the judge overseeing the civil case and Garan, he said it, he goes, look, Your appraisal for these properties was $750,000. Yet you lied on your statement of financial condition here and said it was $50 million. Or here, the appraisal was $80 million. And you lied and said it was $300 million. These are objective facts. You have a New York judge now who has made these findings in granting the independent monitor. And Cohen, you know, Was that his biggest nightmare in the world to have an independent monitor looking over his shoulders right now at all of his financial filings? To me, it's almost worse than him paying for him for then paying $100 million because he could grift that. This is his worst nightmare come to life as well. And that independent monitor gets picked in the next five to 10 days.
3: Look, so why did they bring on the independent monitor? And the answer is because Donald the, the grifter Went ahead, and I mean, you can't make this shit up. To be honest with you guys, it's almost it's almost comical. You would think this is in a bad, you know, uh, sitcom, but it's not. It's the reality of the Trump world. What Donald did is they opened up a new company, or were trying to open it in Delaware, and they were calling it, not surprisingly, Trump Organization Two, right? <laughs> As if we all wouldn't know who that is. The goal with opening up Trump organization two in Delaware is that he would then transfer or hypothecate all of the assets in New York uh, into that company, which would then work to frustrate Tish James in the event that she gets a judgment to secure the assets and to sell the assets in order to um, pay the judgment that the attorney general will have in this upcoming case. That is it's a debt accredited law violation. And so in order to prevent Trump from doing what he was trying to do, she went ahead and she then filed an emergency motion, and she enjoined the Trump organization from transferring, selling, hypothecating or doing anything with the assets while this um, case is ongoing. So good for her. She has outthought him on every single level. And she individually is going to be responsible for the you know, complete death spiral of the Trump organization, which is Donald's 50 years of work. And so this is going to drive him mad. Now, you know, is he going to be able to recover from it? Look, there are assets outside of New York, but I suspect that she will try to attach those as well if mm. the assets that they end up selling in New York don't cover the judgment.
0: And Michael, let me ask you about this. Know that Trump is losing his mind on on that front. Fox News last night seemingly seemed to turn against Trump. They tweeted out an article, said Trump blasted across media spectrum over Republican midterms performance, biggest loser tonight. And then there's another one, controversial's uh, point finger at Trump and the underwhelming results. Uh, He's never been weaker. What do you make of that? Well, look, we've already talked about it. Um, The people, even in his home state of Florida,
3: are more for Ron DeSantis by like, what is it, like 17 points, 18 points? I mean, that's got to make the guy feel at least, you know, bad enough to go knock down another couple of Mar-a-Lago burgers and some ice cream. (laughs) This guy is not, first of all, we all know he's not well, all right? There's no doubt in my mind. He doesn't look well. He's not acting well. But there's something also there mentally, which is a real problem. And I think America, Republican and certainly Democrat alike are both sick and tired of the chaos that this guy brings to the stage every single day. Now, this is going to be a problem for the folks like Kevin McCarthy, like the Jim Jordans. this is where these guys are now boxed in. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene's, the Lauren Boebert's, all of these MAGA diehards, these Trump sycophants who would lay down, you know, in front of a bus for this guy, despite the fact he wouldn't—I mean—cross the street to piss on them if they were on fire because he was busy, you know, waiting for a hamburger or something. I mean, this is who the guy is, and I think America has had enough. I think we're all sick and tired of the chaos, especially the divisiveness Mm -hmm. between the two parties. Our country is not growing. And people have to remember this. And this is a very important point. When you have a president that's elected, whether it's part of your party or not, whether you like the person individually or not, that person has still been elected the rightful president of the United States. Not to want that person to succeed in any way, shape or form, is kind of like getting onto an airplane, being angry at your seat assignment and hoping that the plane crashes. That's how stupid it is. And that's how stupid these people are. But that's really, unfortunately, a byproduct of how stupid that their leader is.
2: That's why, Cohen, yesterday I issued a message, and I, and I genuinely mean this, but a, a message to the Republican Party where we basically said, dear Republican Party, drop trump drop maga drop the election denialism stop attacking our institutions enough with the conspiracy theories stop with the political violence enough stripping away our rights let's actually focus on the real problems that america is facing and work together and push this country forward that's what we have to be doing i'm sure it will fall on deaf ears but that is what we have to be doing i want to get your thoughts michael before you go on these tweets from Maggie Haberman this morning, which seems like Donald pr- likely picked up the phone and and gave her a ring to, to speak to her. He said, and Maggie writes this morning, Trump is indeed furious this morning, particularly about Mehmet Oz and is blaming everyone who advised him to back Oz, including his wife, describing it as not her best decision, according to people close to him. The, there are people pushing Trump to reschedule his announcement next week, and several Republicans have texted asking whether he will. But it's risky and would be acknowledging he's wounded by yesterday, something that some of his advisors insist is not the case worth remembering. This is where Maggie treats him like he's like a two year old worth. worth Well, well, let me just just read this, Michael, because I find this last tweet so funny. Worth remembering that Trump is a grown man (laughs) who endorsed Oz over the objection of some of the people closest to him and instead went beyond just endorsing and attacked Dave McCormick from the stage at a rally. Michael Cohen, what say you?
3: Yeah. So, look, let me be very clear about this one. Maggie's a friend of mine for over two decades. Um, You know, I think what she's doing is she's just reporting and reporting accurately about what she's hearing from the inside. Now, I've always told you that The inside that being
2: Donald or the, the, the
3: inside? Well, I wouldn't say it's coming from Donald. I would say it's probably coming from Dan Scavino or someone like that, somebody that's there. Will he blame anyone for anything? Of course, how could Donald, the Trump, Donald Trump, the fucking great Wizard of Oz, standing behind the thing, pulling down, right, the fire and flames <laughs> brewing? I mean, did you see, by the way, did you see that video about the lion is the king of the forest and all that uh, shit? Yeah, That's yeah, what this yeah, crazy so bastard thinks he is. The end of the day, the fact that Mehmet Oz is getting beaten by John Fetterman, a guy who just had a stroke, that's having a hard time speaking, that's got to say a lot about Donald Trump's endorsement and nothing other than that. I think Maggie is kind of spot on. He is certainly blaming everyone, including Melania. You think that she's exempt from being thrown under the bus? Let me be very clear. If it's either Donald going to jail or Melania, so long, Melania. If it's Donald going to prison or any of his three kids, so long three kids. Now, if I had to put that in ranking order, Don Jr. goes first, Eric second, and third would be, would be Ivanka. And that's assuming that this doesn't drag on long enough for Baron to be thrown into the mix, because he'd throw Barron into the mix too, uh, just the fact Baron. that he's underage. This is not a guy who can accept being a loser, right? He made a mistake. Think about this. And I want your audience to think about this in the four years that Donald was president of the United States, did he ever acknowledge even once that he made a mistake on anything? The answer to that is no. You may also remember during the election, during the 2016 um, election and during the campaign, they asked him if he ever even apologized or asked for um, you know, um, his priest, to you know whether he's ever done anything wrong that he wants to apologize to God for. And his answer was no, right? This is a guy who in his mind thinks he has never ever made a mistake. I mean, look, if I have to put it in baseball terms, it's a guy who was born on third base and thinks he right, thinks he hit a triple. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's an absolute moron. When he makes a mistake, he doubles down because he believes that he is incapable of error. It's always somebody else's fault. He never should have gone for Mehmet Oz, right? Though he was Mm -hmm. kissing his ass because Mehmet was kissing his first. This is who the guy is. Dangle Dangle a kind word about him and then you own him. Which is exactly what the Mitch McConnell's and the Jim Jordans and the rest of these morons are doing. So good for all of us, good for all of your followers, good for all of my mayor culpa followers, good for everybody, the young, the Gen Zers who got out there in big numbers, right? And turned around and showed not just the country, because I think Jacqueline said it, it's not just the country that's sick of Donald, it's the world. We we cherish democracy. We want democracy to continue. The young generation are desperate to ensure that democracy continues. And you know what? I think last night's vote, I really do believe that we're, we're on our way to at least stabilizing the damage that, you know, Captain Chaos has sowed.
1: Well said, Michael Cohen, host of the Mea Culpa podcast. Everybody check out the podcast and make, oh, I was going to give you the book plug. Don't worry. You know, look,
3: it's not about the book plug. <laughs> You know, I saw it because as again, you know, the, the comments pop up, people don't know the story. You know, Ben and I have probably spent a couple of hours talking about it. Um, it's so important for people to understand the true story. Do you realize also talking about media, not one person in the media has apologized to me or publicly acknowledged that they made a mistake, that there are millions of documents out there about me with so many lies. I put together a list the other day because I'm planning on doing something in a documentary. There are 38 lies that were promoted by Trump, by the White House, this Trump administration against me that are all absolute lies. And millions and millions of documents written, not one reporter to this day has acknowledged that they made a mistake, that they were that they were going off of inaccurate information, and that they just helped to promote what Trump is so good at, which is, you know, making up bullshit and then promoting it.
1: Get the book, get the true story, Revenge by Michael Cohen out now wherever you get books and wherever you get audiobooks, go Go check it out. Revenge by Michael Cohen. Michael, thanks for joining us today.
3: Always good to see you. Speak to you later.
1: I want to let all of our viewers and listeners know as well that our coverage will continue with Tom Bonier and Simon Rosenberg, who will wow. be joining Wow, Ooh, together. Wow together who will be joining us at noon pacific time so noon three pacific, eastern we will, three, three eastern um and one of the things i want to point out there as well brett we talked about this earlier This is where I think one of the ways the mainstream media gets it wrong as well. When you have those 24-hour news cycle, you talked about it, you have to fill it with air, right? You have to fill it with people talking, and you end up getting people who are taking different sides of the issue just because that's what they're supposed to do. None of them are experts, and you just get this really horrible discourse. Mm -hmm. But here at the Midas Touch Network, we make sure that we give you this expert opinion, these experts- statements given to you at these pivotal moments. So that's why you're bringing Tom Bonier and Simon Rosenberg on the podcast as well. We will go live at three Eastern 12 Pacific. I want to let everyone know as well. You can check us out at our Patreon website Mm -hmm. at patreon.com slash Midas Touch, patreon.com slash Midas Touch. We are not funded by any outside investors at all. No millionaire or billionaire investors who support the both sides media and the pro fascist media. We are fueled by the Midas Touch community. We're built off of everyone who's watching this, and our audience is growing bigger and bigger and bigger than the mainstream media because of you. And I know, look, I'm sure you have lots of subscriptions to lots of things, so don't worry if you can't do it. But if you can, your generosity builds this platform, purely built off of that. So head to patreon.com slash Touch. There's lots of exclusive content there. There's exclusive podcasts, exclusive behind-the-scenes footage, Q&A sessions with me and my brothers that you could only get at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. You could also on one of the membership tiers there become an honorary producer of the Midas Touch podcast and your name appears at the end of the podcast. Some tiers you can get postcards and posters for me and my brother. So lots of me and my brother. So lots of great exclusive content. But most importantly, let's grow this platform together. Patreon.com slash Midas Touch. I also want to tell everyone to check out Store. Dot for the best unapologetic pro democracy gear that's store.midastouch.com. One of the big best selling shirts of this election season was the Midas Touch gear, the Rovember shirts, the Row 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 Your Vote shirts. You should check that out. You know what, Ben? Row-Ven- I also
2: gotta say though, as- aside from the shirt, which everybody should get to commemorate the success we had, the Rovember and Row Your Vote shirts at store dot midas com. rovember we had been talking about november rovember for a very long time we specifically want to make rovember a rallying cry in which to get democrats out to the midterms and i think in seeing the gen z vote i think in seeing the way that women were organized and energized to get out there and vote. I think this was indeed November. We said November was coming and November indeed mm-hmm. has arrived and it is such such a huge deal and you know congrats to everybody for for spreading that message whether you're wearing the merch at storethatmightisuch.com or just speaking about
0: it otherwise. It really is such yeah. an excellent point, Brett, because where we focused on the issues at large, I'm I'm talking about Democrats at large here, November, and, and, and things that really mean stuff to people, Social Security, you know, abortion. You had folks on the right who just cared about shit posting and, and cat turds. So I just want I just want to give it up to to, to all y'all who who continue to fight who fought to get us where we are right now. And it's not over yet. You know, we're not patting ourselves on the back. But I just want you all to, you know, be appreciative of all the great work that you have done because it means so much to, to not just us and seeing the labor of your fruits there, but but to this country for years to come. So thank you.
1: Other updates, just some breaking news on the justice front in Fairfax, Virginia, a judge there rules against Newt Gingrich issuing a certificate compelling him to testify before the Fulton County special grand jury investigating crimes relating to the 2020 election interference by Donald Trump. The quiet period there is now over that quiet period, that weird rule that prosecutors don't pursue prosecutions during midterm elections and regular elections. That That's done. Things are going to start getting heated up there. Get ready for some more legal analysis. By I also got
2: some breaking news here, Ben, for you about the midterms. It's official, everybody. The Georgia U.S. Senate race will go to a runoff election. Neither of the candidate has met the 50 percent threshold. That means there will be a runoff election on December 6th. So that means we got to get back to work. Folks. Gear up, gear, gear up, up. leaves. It is all happening. Uh, Republicans now, uh, their best hope to uh, at least narrow the margins in the Senate is Herschel Walker. Um, let's make them pay for that decision and work hard Let's work hard, them, let's work hard and, and do it all.
0: But I got to you know, say, this has to be Herschel's like worst nightmare. I mean, now if there was the focus, if, yeah, if there wasn't enough attention on him before. I mean, now the entire spotlight is going to be on Georgia. That's right. Well, we got to follow also what's going on in Nevada and Arizona
1: to see the impact of how that special, how that election is actually going to play. By the way, things
2: still not looking good for Lauren Boebert in Colorado. So stay tuned as more votes come in. Frisch continues to hold his lead here and we will be checking that and we are not ready to make a call in either direction, but Frisch having a strong performance as looking final good, votes looking good in. as they're coming in, looking Brett, looking very any good.
1: final words, any final videos you want to show our viewers or talk, talk to our listeners.
2: You know, not necessarily, but I, you know, I want to echo Jordy's point of thanks for everybody for sticking with us when most of the people, uh, you know, thought we were crazy for saying that Democrats had a shot here. Um, you know, thanks for just sticking with us and reading the data and seeing what is going on and beware of the shitty takes to come because they are going to be a lot. Listen, I, I hope Republicans learn a lesson from this. I, I, I truthfully do that this extremism, that all this chaos is not what the American people want. The laws of the Republican Party over the past many years have been that they always learn the incorrect lesson of -hmm. these elections and that they will probably dive deeper into the extremism. But I could tell you right now, the quote unquote normal Republicans, even though they won't say it in public. They probably want Merrick Garland to get to work on Donald Trump more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. I think right now they are looking for an excuse to get rid of the weight of Donald Trump, who is weighing down their party in such a huge way with historic losses in every midterm presidential elections. I mean, it's just been absolutely brutal for Republicans since they decided to back Trump. And I think you're also going to see this bad take. I'm going to say, I'm going to predict this if it hasn't already been predicting said yet. bad takes. I love it. I'm going to predict bad takes is that you're going to hear a lot of these commentators start to say, oh, what Republicans around the country need to do and be like is Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is the bold mm. of Republicans nationwide. But I think it's important to know that Ron DeSantis is popular in Florida. Those ideas won in Florida. And by the way, they won in Florida in the numbers they did in the house. And I'm talking specifically about the house where this matters because Ron DeSantis took it upon himself in a very unusual step to draw his own house map, which is the only reason, it's the only reason why Republicans picked up three seats there in Florida is because DeSantis redrew those maps specifically to take away voting power from black Americans. It is disgusting. And we need to acknowledge that, that they rigged those maps there. Um, but that's not the lesson. The lesson is not that everyone throughout the country, a Republican should become like DeSantis. DeSantis's brand of politics that was tried across the country. This culture war garbage, this, Oh, look at all these This making up stories about looking all, Look at all these kids who are using litter boxes in schools to go to the bathroom. All these fake culture war stories you've heard again and again, voters resoundedly rejected that. Across the entire nation. And so that is going to be one horrible take you will hear over and over again. Do not listen to the people who led you astray on this election. Follow the data, follow the facts. Let's keep working. Let's keep, let's bring this home. We got a runoff to win. Uh, we got democracy to save. So we're going to need
1: all you in this fight. Jordy, before you shout us out, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to the Midas Mighty. <clears throat> Thank you to this unapologetically pro-democracy community. This platform is nothing without you. And every day we fight hard for you. We put in the work for you. Your trust has to be earned. And we are proud that each and every day we can provide this content for you where you see nowhere else. So if you also still want to support this independent media platform, also check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Now's the time to go there and subscribe and help build this community together if you can. Jordy,
0: take it away. And real quick, one other thing you could do is you could subscribe right now to the Midas Touch YouTube channel that you're listening to. It's one click away. You're right yeah, here already. Yeah. Just go ahead. Just, just go, hit subscribe. It. Just go subscribe. ahead. Just, just do it. Just do it. Click subscribe click. to hey. the podcast. Hey. How about the Midas Touch podcast on audio? How about that? All the, all, all, the all the above. All the above, man. Let's just focus in on the one though for right, now. YouTube, hey, right look, now. YouTube right now. YouTube right <laughs> now. Love y'all. Thank you so much. And as always, shout out to the Midas Mighty.